Hi, this is Amanda. And this is Lindsay. We're True Creeps. Where the stories are true. And the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore. To the possibly plausible paranormal. To horrifying history. To tense and terrible true crime. And everything else that goes bump in the night. We want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Today, we have another cryptid episode for you. We love cryptids. We love hearing about them and reading about them and telling you about them. So we're going to tell you about some we do not so popular, not so popular cryptids. Like I hadn't heard of these ones before. I don't know if you had. No, I have not. Well, the second one I had. The first one I had not. Okay. Yeah. I was looking at them. I'm like, which ones sound the most ridiculous? You found them. You found them. Like to start at least. And I found them. I found them. So the first one we want to tell you about is called Sheep Squatch. <laughs> Gorgeous. 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 There's so many of like Sasquatches. And I was just like, this one sounds absolutely ridiculous. I was hoping it was just like a giant sheep running around. It's not quite that. But it's pretty intense. I will say when you like look up renditions of the drawings, it's literally exactly the name Sheep Squatch. Like it's exactly that. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about what it looks like or what, you know, it's been said to look like. But there's a lot of things that it could be. So it's quadruple the size of a bear. It has white wool like fur, has a long head, kind of dog like, but with some intense teeth or fangs. They're described as being saber like. Of course, has horns, kind of like a goat's. It has, this is my favorite part, I think, it has paw-like hands, like a giant raccoon. Love it. I love this just so much. Also, have I ever told you that my mother-in-law routinely feeds raccoons? So she has generations of raccoons who come to her. I love this. For cookies and water, because they dip the cookies in the water and eat it. How cute. Love raccoons so much. I know they're little assholes, but I love them. You know what? Speaking of like, because we're describing this crazy looking thing, we've done drawings before. But if you haven't already looked up what this looks like, I expect a drawing sent to us of what you think it looks like. (laughs) Oh, yes. If you send us your drawing of a sheep squatch, we will send you a sticker. We will need an address, though, so make sure to include that so that we can send you a sticker. Back to our uh, raccoon hands. So it can walk on two feet, but it switches between walking on two and four. I mean, I also do when I'm going up the stairs. (laughs) I like to... Do you ever... You don't have stairs in your house. I remember this now. I don't have stairs. So (laughs) it has a long, hairless tail. Like a rat? (laughs) Kind of. I like rats, though. I mean, I like rats, but I don't like that part of a rat like their hairless tails yeah it's weird it's weird it smells like sulfur and it leads people to believe that it may have been born within the tnt area of mason county and others believe it has a musk scent gland similar to something like weasels and skunks take your pick but i also wonder if it has like an interesting smell that's bad that it could just have anal glands which a lot of mammals have Mm -hmm. yep that's true It can emit a horrible or chilling scream. Super. Also, big thing to note, bullets do not phase it. But you know it does. (laughs) Stupid. So it has an aversion to graveyards and garlic. What if it was a garlic bullet? Would it be fine with it or no dice? I feel like it would not like it, but it still wouldn't be phased. (laughs) 
I don't know. You tell us. You tell us what you think in your drawing. <laughs> Maybe it carries a garlic gun. <laughs> Maybe. Perhaps it does. From what I saw, it doesn't really have a backstory. Like every cryptid we normally talk about has some sort of like backstory or like information of where it was born. You know, fish boy. <laughs> but like, not this one. Oh my gosh. That lipless slit. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Could not say it. <laughs> so some people in the area use the term sheep squatch as like a blanket term for anything that is spotted in this area that looks quote unquote scary and white. I've also seen it sometimes referred to as the white thing. Now, the white thing, there's so many different things that could be the white thing. So as we were researching, we just tried to keep it to the ones that were more relatable to sheep squatch, not quite just the white thing. So where is it? It's seen around West Virginia and Virginia, mainly in the southwestern region. And the counties that have seen him the most are Boone, Kanawha, Putnam, and Mason County. Also, he's in Fallout 76. From what I saw, that he's like a hard thing to see. Yeah, it, it was like rare to find him. Interesting. So let's talk about sightings. In July of 1929, a coal miner, Frank Kazul, reported seeing sheep squatch while walking. He was walking home to Fairmont one evening after working an 11-hour shift, and the walk was a cool six-and-a-half-mile trek, which would normally take two hours. No, thank you. What a fucking nightmare, right? He was walking through the woods on Morgan's Ridge, and which would be now along what is US-19, and he took this because he wanted to avoid an unshaded road. So it was kind of like a shortcut. And then he encountered a dog-like creature with white hair, a bushy tail, and sharp teeth. So maybe in 1929, he did have a fluffy tail and has since gone bald in his tail. Perhaps. There's a lot of different variations of this creature. So I think that's why they use such a blanket term. Yeah. So the creature pounced on him and he swung at it with his lunchbox because, again, he probably had like an old timey like metal lunchbox, not like one of these mm -hmm. like cushiony ones now that would do nothing. Did you have a great lunchbox as a kid? I have no memory of my lunchbox other than it was plastic in school. Oh. Trauma makes me forget my childhood. <laughs> I had a crocodile hunter lunchbox. I thought you were going to say you had a crocodile one that your lunchbox was shaped like a crocodile. I wish that would have been cooler. So Frank, he's on his six and a half mile trek home from the coal mine and he sees this fluffy creature. So he tried to hit him with his not alligator lunchbox after it pounces on him, but it did not hit and it kind of seemed to go through the creature. So Frank tried to escape by running, but the creature pursued him and tried to attack him more. As he reached the outskirts of a nearby cemetery, the creature disappeared. And luckily, Frank wasn't injured but he did vow to never take that shortcut again. Poor Frank. I love that it's like a ghost. Yes, it's just a fluffy ghost, white ghost dog. So in later years, Frank's daughter told his story to others. And they also had stories of sightings along Morgan's Bridge as well. The stories included it tearing apart other animals, though. So like livestock, sheep included, by the way. But it never actually left any marks on any human. The animal attacks, though, were pretty gruesome, and they described them as like if a werewolf mutilated an animal and like would tear out their throat and things like that. Another interesting part, though, is that it would leave the corpses of the animals there, but they would be bloodless and there wouldn't be like a bloody mess either. So hear me out. I think vampire, right? Like it sucks all the blood and it has an aversion to garlic. 
Yeah, I mean, for sure. My thing is like where they're saying tearing at its throat. That's really interesting. Yeah, but never the humans. So interestingly, you know, how I said like never actually hurts the human. Some of the stories that people were telling of like an attack with the creature included that the person would feel the fangs tearing into them, but later having no marks. So feeling the pain and then realizing nothing actually happened to them. I don't like that even more. I think I would rather have the validation of at least having a wound. <laughs> at least having <laughs> the torn flesh. Well, look, if I'm going to feel like something is attacking me, I want to be attacked. At least you don't have the aftermath of it, though. Like, you don't have to heal. It's just like, oh, now it's over and done with. No, I don't actually want it. But I feel like, how annoying would that be to be like, this, like, I got ripped in half. And then, like, then you're totally whole. How annoying. Ugh, how annoying. <laughs> how annoying to be wrong in your pain. So we always talk about how names are used, right? To, like, make things seem more real. But this guy actually has a pretty believable backstory. So I was looking up Frank. And he was born in 1893 in the Croatian province of Dalmatia. And he came to the U.S. in 1914. By 1920, he was living in a boarding house in Benwood, which is in West Virginia. And then he moved to Fairmont. In Fairmont, that's where he met and married Beatrice Dukic. And they started a family and he began working at the Consolidated Coal Company's Jordan 93 Mine, which was north of Riversville, West Virginia. Also, around the same time. So everyone's telling all these stories, right? And Frank's daughter's telling his story. Well, come to find out later on, a lot of local residents started to admit that they wanted to spread stories of Sheep Squatch as teenagers. So what they'd do is they'd bang on their neighbors' houses and screech so that more people would have stories to tell. Assholes. Amanda, do you know what that makes me think of? It makes me think of... Halloween. Yes, Halloween always. But also, it makes me think when people were calling in Jersey Devil to work so that they didn't have to come in and they're like, we can't. The sheep squatch is active. We couldn't possibly go to school. <laughs> I need someone to call in. <laughs> Tell us the reaction when you say, I have to call in because of Jersey Devil or sheep squatch. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't come to work today. There's a Jersey Devil and or Sheep Squatch, depending on where I live. Yeah, yeah. Find your local cryptid. Except if it's Blair Witch, because she travels. Yeah, you have to be place specific. Don't be ridiculous. So in the 1970s and 80s, the date is unknown, but just that it happened between that time. There was a group of men who were out deer hunting, but they were doing it out of season. And while they were doing this, they heard an ungodly scream and they said it sounded like a woman in agony. Before they could even react, a creature came out of the brush, leaping onto one of the hunters and knocked him to the ground. It caused him to roll down the hill and the group of hunters ran after him. They found him lying on his back, punching the air. What a fucking sight. He was screaming that the beast had ripped out his guts, but there was no marks. It was just dramatic. Doesn't that sound like the Pugwudgie story? A little bit. You know how like, the, was it the psychic that was like fighting something and nothing was there? Yes, but like, I guess, but this I'm like, they saw it, you know? So the group tried to convince themselves that it was just a feral dog. You know, the kind that go invisible. The person who was attacked had nightmares for years, as one does when traumatized. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Understandably. So sometime in the 90s, a car of people had left a family reunion and it was heading through the TNT area. And I was like, what is the TNT area? The area is north of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and it's called TNT because during World War II, the area was devoted to an ammunition manufacturing facility. 
So I saw a bunch of history and like what it looked like then, what it looks like now. And it's just really interesting. But just because I know Lindsay will be really excited. The area is also known for one of Lindsay's favorite cryptids, Mothman. You say Point Place and I'm like, Mothman. (laughs) But like everywhere I was seeing it was just described as the TNT area. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. So in that same area, though, it's also known for Bigfoot and various UFO sightings. Like, maybe Bigfoot is just a brunette sheep squatch. Perhaps. Perhaps. That'll make sense. So while driving through the snow, so remember this car full of people from a family reunion, they saw a creature come out of the woods. And they described him as being seven to eight feet tall, covered in shaggy white hair, but with legs like a man. (laughs) And its face was long like a sheep, and it had horns like a ram. And... The creature froze for a moment, and then it ran back into the woods. I don't like that. So in 1994, a former Navy seaman saw a sheep squatch in the forest. He had grown up in Gallipolis, Ohio, which was just across the river from Point Pleasant. And also, just as a note, if you were trying to stay in Point Pleasant, there's like one hotel. So often people who are there to for the Mothman Festival will have to stay in Ohio because it's like where the closest lodging is. So it's like that close to Ohio. But so the Navy seaman became interested in the Mothman and was looking for evidence to disprove his existence, as one does. And then one night he was out chasing down UFO leads in the area. And as he was doing this, he was walking along a creek and he heard a sound that sounded like something big was crashing through the brush in front of him. So the area wasn't really known for big predators that would be making that kind of commotion. So we thought it was a large dog or maybe a lost cow. And that's when a large creature had matted brown and white fur appeared. He wasn't sure if it was brown or just dirty. So he said it was walking on all fours and it was headed towards the creek to get to drink some water. He too could smell the sulfur and he said that it had hands that looked like that of a raccoon, which to me are just kind of like people hands because raccoons have like tiny people hands. After the creature was done getting his drink, He crossed the creek and headed towards Sand Hill Road. And after he knew that the creature had walked away and it was safe, the man ran as fast as he could to his car, which for me, right, I would be like, let's go. So in 1994, there was another sighting by two kids and they said that they saw the sheep squatch while they were playing in their yard, which was in Boone County. And they said that they saw something that looked like a white bear, but it stood in its hind legs and it was over six feet tall. They said that when they saw it, it was scared and it ran off into the forest. As it ran, it broke off medium sized limbs from the trees. You know what goes through my mind, though, when I'm thinking of limbs falling from trees is the pterodactyl. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the stupid video I made of the pterodactyl. I don't know why anybody made that. That's all I think of when I think of pterodactyl now is that stupid thing. You have to find us on TikTok. It's the most stupid thing in the world, but I love it. We have one video and it is fantastic. Yeah. One day we'll have more, but for now it's that one video. So then in 1995, a couple was driving through Boone County and they saw a large white animal sitting in the ditch near the road. They stopped to look at it and figure out what they were looking at. Their description is pretty similar to everything we've described so far, but they mentioned that it had four eyes. Like, did it have glasses on and they're just disrespectful? Or like, did it legitimately have four eyes? That's the exact same thing that came to mind. (laughs) It had actually had four eyes. So I don't know in what arrangement these eyes were in, only that it had four. 
It also wasn't a fan of them stopping to stare at it. So it leaped up towards them and started attacking the car. So, of course, they're like, we're getting out of here. They drove off quickly. Yeah, fair. When they parked, though, the car had scratches along the side. Oh, no. I wish there were pictures of this. I would be stressed. Then in 1999, campers were in Boone County in the forest at night. Sounds like you don't want to be in Boone County. Mm-hmm. The camp was near their home. And so they're all hanging out near their bonfire. At first, it sounded like something snorting and scuffling around their area. But then they said it started to sound like an aggravated bear, which, you know, as a camper, you need to be safe. Get out of there. Yeah, you don't want to be there. Yeah. So after a little while, the creature charged at the campers. They all took off towards the house while the creature chased them. However, it stopped at the edge of the forest and let out a quote unquote terrible scream. And then it ran back into the woods. The following morning, the campers went back to their camp to find that it was completely torn up. And the way that they described it was that it looked like someone had tilled the land up for gardening. So it was just completely torn up. Like, I think that would freak me out, too. Like, knowing that it went back clearly in some way. Yeah. So in 2015, campers spotted the sheep squatch in the forest of Appalachia, specifically Folks Run, Virginia. They described the creature as eight to nine feet tall with a shoulder length of four to five feet. First saw the creature on top of one of the hills and it was crouched over. Then it stood up, made a sound and began running towards them. I would literally shit myself. Luckily, the river was between them and the sheep squatch. He couldn't find a way to get across quickly, but then he began to slowly make his way through the river. When he got across the river, there was a loud screech about two miles away, and the creature let out a whimper and then ran away. The campers packed up quickly and left, but reported it to the locals. And like, let me just tell you, I'd be like, get your shit in the car. We're leaving half this stuff here. We gotta go. <laughs> So there is a book about some of the cryptids in the area, including Sheep Squatch, called White Things, West Virginia's Weird White Monsters by Kurt McCoy. It is on Amazon. In another book called Monsters of West Virginia, Mysterious Creatures in the Mountain State by Rosemary Ellen Gilly, she discusses that the author of the first book we mentioned, Kurt McCoy, said that his father had an encounter with the White Thing. And so what his father had seen was a cross between an impossibly large dog and a lion. And that was a quote. And then it had long, shaggy hair and that he had seen it near his home. And Sheep Squatch has been featured on Monsters and Mysteries in America in 2013. And so I think he's an interesting cryptid in that, like, he's got elements of a few different things, right? Like, he is apparently violent and attacking people. He's a little bit like an apparition. But he's scared of kids, right? Like, he ran away from them. I mean, I could see why, but... I mean, I I understand. But also, like, the idea that it, like, heard a sound and was like, I gotta go. To me, that's that suggests the presence of more than one. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, come on home. And then it's like, okay, bye. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I like that it's afraid of graveyards. I wish we could find something, like, to why it doesn't like graveyards. I mean, I wish I could find anything as to why for any of it. But here we are. Because also, like, for whatever reason, like, I know that he could possibly have a balding tail. <laughs> but I don't like the idea that, like, he does or does not have a tail that is fluffy or bald. I need it to be one or the other. And the incongruence in stories for that particular fact makes me think that there's two different tall, fluffy white creatures sprinting around Appalachia. So do you think that he's real? 
I mean, yeah, why not? All right, sounds good. Why not a a white Sasquatch, a sheep squatch? <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> so the other cryptid we want to talk about today is the Ozark Howler, and I actually hadn't heard of this one before. So what is this thing? It has a few different names, including the Hoo Hoo, the Nightshade Bear, the Devil Cat, and the Black Howler. <laughs> I'll say that the the way in which this creature is this, is like described is much more like unsettling than those names suggest. <laughs> the Hoo Hoo, yes, yes. The Nightshade Bear. It sounds so cute, like a weird Care Bear. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, please make a Care Bear picture with nightshade on its stomach. Like a potato? Sure. Like nightshades because they're like a class of plants. Anyway, (laughs) when I'm looking at the list, I was like, two and three, that me. But can please continue? Okay. Again, if you want to draw this and send it to us, same thing applies. You'll get a sticker. Yes. If you do both of these, I'll send you two stickers, two different ones. Ooh. Or another little surprise that we have. Oh, you know what? Actually, yeah. If you do both of these, we have a bonus surprise that no one has yet. Mm -hmm. A little surprise that we'll send you. So, yes. It is described as (laughs) bear sized, has a thick body, (laughs) stocky legs. Also, I should say it's a N's and CK, not CC. So, (laughs) do with that information what you will. Either way, we'll accept the drawing. Oh, no, no, no. We especially accept the drawing if you're going to draw it like that ends in a CC. <laughs> yes. Has black shaggy hair, glowing red eyes, horns, and has a distinct cry. But many descriptions of this cry are very different. Some say it sounds like a combination of like a wolf howl and the sound an elk makes, but also a laughing hyena. <laughs> Those are very different sounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's option one of what it can sound like. <laughs> option one. <laughs> A little comprehensive there. <laughs> option two <laughs> is very deep and guttural. Okay. Yeah, don't like it. Which also terrifying. Okay. Option three, high-pitched howl. Okay. Loving this. <laughs> option four, unearthly scream. Hmm. Option five. Again, unearthly scream, but sounds half human and kind of like the screams of a woman. Oh, okay. Specific. Okay. Very specific. Yep. Some folklorists believe that it might be a branch off of the dark dog of death that is found in British folklore. And their creatures often said to be associated with hellhounds or the devil. Sometimes they're described as a dark omen. And the creature has been a big mystery for years because of the varying descriptions. So everything I've already said. But some people say that it looks like a gigantic cat, like bigger than a cougar. Okay. Okay. Others describe like a horned, red-eyed creature, kind of like what I said at the beginning. But both parties agree that it is black or dark in color. To me, that sounds like there's multiple cryptids in this area and that they're seeing different things. Like those just don't sound similar enough. I'll also say that one of the things that we've talked a lot about today is cryptids making bizarre fucking sounds. And I think that if you haven't spent time in a forest like camping or hiking or anything like that, especially at night, then I think that it's very easy to underestimate the weird fucking sounds that creatures make as mating calls. Like, have you ever heard like a bullfrog's mating call? Not a bullfrog, but... We do have like toads that come out in our monsoon season. 
And funny enough, like last year at like two or three in the morning, we have a monsoon hitting and I hear this horrific sound outside and I'm like, there's a cat dying. I need to go save it. So I'm outside with like monsoon rain is like intense. Like I've shown Lindsay a couple videos from this week because we've had a few. But I'm out there with a flashlight trying to find this dying cat that I just have in my head. That's what's happening. And all it is is this tiny little toad. He's like a couple inches big, fucking screaming because he found a puddle of water. (laughs) Two nights ago, we had a monsoon and someone on my neighborhood Facebook group thing posted, there are weird animal sounds in the park right now. And like (laughs) posted a video and I was like, it's a dying cat sound. It's just toads. They make weird sounds and they are so loud that you would not think it could come from a creature that small. And I think that's the other part of it is that like you don't realize how loud animals can be if you've never heard them make that kind of noise. But anywho, let's talk about where you could find this howler. So it's believed to live in the remote areas of Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma or Texas. And there's sightings, there's stories, there's literature, it's on TV shows, but stories of the creature have been passed down for generations by people who have either seen something or heard something that they couldn't explain. And we couldn't find exact dates for some of the sightings, but it's said that the sightings go back to the 1800s. However, the first instance that we could find of it being discussed was from the 1930s. A local press published a small run of a book of folklore about the Ozark Howler called Tales of the Ozark Howler. (laughs) A decade later, folklorist Vance Randolph referred to the creature as hoo-hoo in the book Ozark Superstition. Such a stupid name. A wild, loud, screaming hoo-hoo. Just think of like a crazy owl. That's actually not what I think, but we'll go with owl. (laughs) Crazy. So in 1946, one of the first documented descriptions that I could find was from Red Oak, Oklahoma. And people had started building homes outside the town after soldiers returned home from the war. So they were like kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And while they were out there, the description of the creature that they saw was that it was tall, thick, and had shaggy fur, sort of like a thick cat in build. Or perhaps a thin bear. Okay. (laughs) It also had glowing red eyes and it made a creepy howling noise. Who is making the thick cat thin bear spectrum of size for large animals? That's just a really specific spectrum. But okay, go on. (laughs) The thick cat thin bear spectrum. (laughs) That's another thing I want you to make. Like... (laughs) cat thin bear it has like half a cat half a bear <laughs> oh is it i just wanted text thick cat thin bear and like no context no context at all like a tiny true creeps logo <laughs> but not enough to for it to make any sense thick cat thin bear yes. okay so in the 1950s residents began reporting a quote black goat shaped creature roaming the ozarks where does that fall on the thick cat thin bear spectrum? <laughs> and then dot on the back, dot 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 goat shaped. <laughs> <laughs> I have real questions. We need to we need to time travel because I need to say like this is the spectrum we've been given. <laughs> thick cat thin bear. Tell me where on this map the goat shaped creature fits. I mean, maybe closer to a thick cat. How do you know? I don't know. I just feel like goat is closer to cat than bear. 
Also, what is goat shaped? Goats are just like kind of like I'm thinking with horns. Horns? That's that's what makes you think goat shaped? Sure. I was thinking they're little pot bellies. And the fact that they have those weird Kermit eyes and their ears that stick out to the sides. The horns didn't even like register. And my bar, we've named the Velvet Goat. Anywho, sorry. There's a lot going on with this. <laughs> I've got a lot of a lot of th- feelings, a lot of thoughts. <laughs> So let's jump to 1973. There was a short story called The Hair of the Black Howler. Oh, what a short story it is. We'll just say it that way. We've got ideas. So let's skip ahead to 1980. A truck driver pulled off the side of the road at night and described seeing this unknown creature. His description was similar to the others, including that it had shaggy fur, stocky build, and red eyes. But the difference is that it had a beard this time. Okay, sure. So between 2005 and 2010, a family living north of Van Buren in the Boston Mountains of Crawford County put out trail cams after seeing what they thought was a cougar. So they sent the images to a local TV station in Fort Smith, and it showed a large cat that they thought was a cougar or something similar to a cougar. Wildlife officials say that there is not a breeding population of cougars left in Arkansas, though. They did mention that it was possible there might still be some individual big cats living in the mountains, or perhaps it was once held as a pet, but escaped or was turned loose. Which, like, isn't really out of the realm of possibilities. And the reason why I'm like, that could happen, is we have a sanctuary up north, and it had a large cat. I want to say it was a mountain lion, but it's been a few years. And Mike and I were there, and it was a very slow day. Like, it was raining. We were, like, the only people at the sanctuary. And so the mountain lion kept coming up and purring, like, in the front of her enclosure. Aw, baby. And she's walking back and forth like she wanted pets. And one of the sanctuary employees came up to us. And they're like, oh, yeah, she actually does want pets. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want a better. I've never wanted anything more. I know she wanted pets. I need to give her pets. But they were like, yeah, when we got her... We actually saved her from living in someone's living room. And when we actually like went to save her, she was in the living room on the couch eating ice cream. And they're like, so she really likes people and she really likes ice cream. I love her. Yeah. So like, you know, that person obviously is mistreating a large cat, letting it live in the living room and eat things that it shouldn't be eating. So it's like not that far fetched that someone was doing the same thing in Arkansas and perhaps it escaped. So around the same time as the trail sightings, similar reports were coming from eastern Oklahoma. A large black cat was moving through the mountains. Other reports were from an area in Arkansas's River Valley. They described strange sounds in the middle of the night, similar to a laugh or hyena. Others in higher elevations saw a large, stocky cat. And all of these multiple locations make me think, again, that we're talking about multiple creatures. And again, the sounds of strange animals at night, to me, is not proof of anything. Yeah. Like that, I feel like that could be an asshole teenager. That could be a different type of species of animal mating near your house any number of things. Yes, yes. So then in April of 2006, a person claims to have been woken up around 4.30 in the morning to see that their livestock was super scared and like huddled in a cluster. So they woke up right there in their house and their livestock was a bit far away. So they could see that something was wrong, but couldn't see quite what was going on. So they took their binoculars out and they saw a big black panther Oh, shit. Yeah. So they run outside. They're like, oh, my gosh, I need to, like, stop it from killing my livestock. So they run outside 
and they see it running along the fence line. But when they got closer to the area, they noticed that it had long ears, horns, and had black thick fur. So not quite a black panther. It almost looked like it was between a dog and a cat, but it was the size of a Great Dane. Okay. It also had red eyes, so it gave him the chills. And we talk about it a lot, like, you know, stories always seem to come from someone else. And this story was told by the guy's friend. So it reminds me of that conversation where, like, it's never the eyewitness. It's always, like, the eyewitness's cousin or friend or brother's wife. Like, it's never the actual eyewitness. Then in 2009 in Arkansas, a ranger on duty at a remote Arkansas station told a reporter that a black panther darted in front of their car. They stopped to get a better look, and it snarled and ran back into the woods. Oh, shit. The ranger then reported the incident, and the Arkansas Fish and Game Department refused to acknowledge the existence of the creature because no one had ever caught one or recovered a carcass. Even though many people were reporting the same thing, right? Like this large black cat. Fish and Game just said, nope, it's probably just an escaped pet panther i'm like they're so lax on that yeah it's probably just you know a typical you know your average escape pet panther (laughs) yeah so a person named tyler posted online that between 2009 and 2010 when he was around eight he and his family lived in southwestern missouri they lived in a small house with about 10 acres where neighbors were at least 10 miles away one night they heard a very weird sound his mom described it as a mix of a witch's laugh a hyena and a coyote howling On another weekend, his dad picked him up and was driving down the dirt road where they saw large kittens, not domestic kittens, but kittens that would be like massive, like from a large cat. And they were black and white. And the way that they looked was not how mountain lion kittens who were in the area would have looked. So they thought that perhaps the Ozark howler had made that weird sound and maybe those were its offspring. There were also stories shared from Hot Springs, Johnson County, and Jasper, Arkansas, as well as Southern Missouri, except some of these included finding dead animals like dogs, cats, small farm animals, and a wounded horse. There's a sci-fi channel show called Haunted Highway, and they did an episode on The Howler in 2012. Yeah, so there's a lot of talk of, like, does this thing exist? Is it a hoax? Like, what exactly is it? And researcher Lauren Coleman and some others were able to find that someone using multiple aliases spread a bunch of stories about the Howler on websites and blogs. And it actually ended up being a university student, and they were mocking how myths of the Chupacabra had spread across the internet. And they made a bet that they could fool the cryptozoological community and spread this bogus story of the Ozark Howler. And there was one website... That had various animal sounds, including a red fox, biting raccoons, a fisher cat, as well as a sound of a bull elk. And each one was terrifying and weird and kind of haunting in its own way. And like, it was highly uncomfortable just to even listen to. Yeah. So like, as I was researching, I'm like, Lindsay, you have to listen to these. I turned them on and like, I no warning. I'm just doing my research. My husband works from home. So he's like on the computer next to me. And he stops what he's doing. He's like, what the hell was that? And as he's doing that, we have a puppy. And she jumped up onto my desk and was like, where is that coming from? So they're very unsettling sounds. And the uh, website will be in our show notes. But all of these animals that are in these sounds sound similar to what people were describing. 
Yeah. Yeah, they really do. And again, are highly unsettling where if you heard that sound like while you were sitting watching TV or eating dinner, the hair like the back of your neck would definitely stand up. Yes. So in 2015, someone sent some photos of the Ozark Haller to a news station in Arkansas. And the photos are generally believed to be fake. They kind of look like a German Shepherd puppy mix with a long tail and like they added horns. It looks really ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Cryptozoologists have speculated that the creature might be a misidentified and unrecognized big cat. And some believe it's an eastern cougar, a black bear, or some kind of wolf or feral hound. But that generally, like, it's a creature that exists. It's not a cryptid. It's just a type of cat or a type of, you know, other mammal that belongs in that area. Some theorize that it may somehow link to the extinct saber-toothed cat and could be a descendant. Some say the first sightings originated from settlers from Ireland, Scotland, and England, and that they may have brought the legend of the Black Dog of Death with them, and it could have evolved into what it is being told today. Which could make sense, right? Yeah, yeah. So while I was looking at, like, is this a hoax? Is this real? Is it just, you know, seven different animals that people are hearing and making up these wild stories? But I stumbled upon, like, a blog about how a wildlife biologist named Forrest Galante and his zoologist wife, Jessica Summerfield, may have found the answer to what the Ozark howler really is. So, like, as I'm reading it, I'm like, why does Forrest Galante sound so familiar? And I looked him up and... Lindsay will understand this. While we were in Cancun, we really got into the show Naked and Afraid because like everything was in Spanish and we're we're not that great at Spanish. So that was the only show that was on that was in English and only had the narrator speaking Spanish. So like we could understand it and watch it for a while. And he was one of the contestants on that show. And apparently ever since he did the show, he's now like a well-known conservationist and he has his own TV show now. Hmm. His TV show is called Mysterious Creatures with Forrest Galante, and they had a whole episode about the legend of the Ozark Howler, and it is available on Discovery Plus, Animal Planet. I actually watched the episode, and they claim to know what exactly the Ozark Howler really is. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. So the concept for this episode is pretty interesting. They start out being told stories, like we told everyone, about the Ozark Howler. And a retired Missouri game warden named Terry tells them about what it is, the history of events, people that have seen him. And it leads them to a man named Free, who says that I've had three encounters with the Ozark Howler. And this is important because it's how they end up figuring out what it probably is. One of them was when he was out hunting, he heard a howl and it came from something large. It also had a musky bad smell, which is like everything we've described, right? The second experience was also while hunting, and he saw the creature kind of, I think, like run by him, but didn't like get a good look, but also, again, smelled that it was nearby. The third was in like a very far away, hard to get to cave, and he smelled the creature again, and he was so like frightened that he didn't want to go back. So then Forrest goes and he's like dissecting the stories and reviewing, okay, well, this animal can howl. This animal has the type of scent that he described and, you know, this could be it, whatever. So he's like, take me to the area. And Andy then takes Forrest and Jessica via horseback to the area where he was hunting because it's so condensed that you can't drive to the area. You have to go via horse. They set up camp and they start setting up traps and various cameras and things like that to try to see what's in the area. They don't really see much, right? Their traps don't catch anything relevant. They're still uncertain. So then they go to these like faraway caves. Again, it's so condensed and crazy that even the cave that they go to cannot even be accessed via horse. They had to walk. Woof. Yeah. Kind of 
creepy. And then like all I'm thinking of is like the descent because they're going through these caves. And at one point it's like very condensed and they're like crawling through it. Solving the Ozark Howler is never worth going in a cave like that. Never. (laughs) So the caves that they go into, they're like, "Mm, there's a lot of caves in the area and a lot of them have not been explored. So it could very well hide an unknown species. It reminded me to the discussion of when Lindsay and I were talking about sinkholes. So sinkholes haven't been explored, right? So like they're finding all these what they thought was extinct, like plant life and possible animal life. So they're like, maybe it's in the caves. They don't really find anything. They find where maybe an extinct bear may have slept, giant claw marks, animal bones in various tracks. So from there, they go deeper and deeper into the forest. They end up encountering a moonshiner named Sut in the middle of the forest, like in the middle of nowhere. And he's like, yeah, the Ozark Howler is real. But we also use that story to keep people away. And they're like, tell us more. What do you mean? He's like, well, we would make noises in the forest when we see people in the forest because we wanted them to go back to town and kind of stay out of our forest, especially like a moonshiner, right? Like, get out of here. I'm doing something you shouldn't be here seeing. Yeah. Yeah. He also had a tool that he called the growling bucket, and it made really deep, scary noises. (laughs) Good old growling bucket. Yes. So he's like, we do this to make people go away. And they're like, okay, so it's completely made up. And he's like, oh, I didn't say that. It's totally real. My grandfather shot one, and I actually have the fur and the skull. And they're like, what do you mean? Lead with that, my guy. Yes, yes. So because Forrest and Jessica work a lot with animals, they're like, show us the fur, show us the skull. And they're like looking at it and they're like, we're pretty sure we know what this is. So what did it end up being? A North American red wolf is believed to be those are cowler. And this is why. Mm. It used to be pretty common in that area. But because of hunting and habitat destruction, it pretty much made them extinct in there, like in those forests. There are fewer than 20 remaining in the wild, but none are known to be in that area. They are the most endangered wolf in the world. And so they're like, let's figure out if this is them. Like a number of ways. They obviously took the samples. It matched. But they took Andy to an endangered wolf center with those wolves. And he confirmed that the smell is the same and also their howl is the same. And interestingly enough, that soundbite that I told Lindsay about includes one of these howls. And it's really weird. Also, they have like a really distinct smell because it's how the moms and the babies find each other. Oh. So what they suspect is that Andy may have been lucky enough to encounter a wild one, which would be like ridiculously rare, but not out of the question. Also, Sut's grandfather actually did kill one years ago. They took hair samples and it matched the ones from the sanctuary. That's wild. So it's the same thing. Throughout the episode, though, like when they're exploring in the forest and stuff, Forrest keeps bringing up that the area is missing an apex predator. Like it's just absent because he's finding animals that died like from being sick, possibly like there's no marks on them. No one's eating them. And then they're sitting there decaying. And he's like, this is how like disease spreads. This is how, you know, like weak animals aren't taken down. And then they just continue spreading things, too. So he's like, it's missing an apex predator. The missing predator is this wolf. Oh, that's interesting. So I don't think it makes total sense for everything that people are seeing. But I think what you said is like, it might be many different animals because like how they describe the howl is all different. So perhaps it's raccoons fighting or something else. And then when they're seeing a thick cat or a thin bear, maybe they are 
Or anything along the thick cat, thin bear spectrum. Of course, of course. But there are bears in the area. But again, they're not like big predators for deer and other animals. So it could actually be a thin bear that people have seen. Or a thick cat. Or a thick cat. Uh, an escaped Black Panther. Yeah. But I thought it was really interesting that like it matched what people had seen. And like when they got to experience what it really is, they're like, oh my gosh, that's the smell. That's what I saw. That's what I heard. I love a resolution. Do you think that it was always a wolf? Like, do you think that they found a thing that it could be? Or do you think that like maybe it wasn't always this creature? Maybe there's something else out there. Because again, the creatures sound different enough to me where, yes, it could be a red wolf, but perhaps. There's also an Ozark Haller. Yes. So I, I think like a little bit of both. Like I think that the wolf and, you know, how it's becoming extinct, unfortunately, that the population kept going down and down and down so that when people did hear their weird howl, they're like, that's something I don't hear very often. So even like an experienced hunter wouldn't hear that sound very often because it's so rare to find one. So maybe that's like something that they were seeing. But I also think that there's more creatures that perhaps do live in the cave. Yeah, but here's my thing. So like looking at pictures of this red wolf, right? When you think of what a wolf looks like, you're thinking of a red wolf. So to me, I'm like, you would have known what that was. You would have been like, oh, that was a wolf. I would think it's a coyote. It looks more coyote to me. Oh, to me. Well, East Coast Lindsay says that looks like what I would assume a wolf looks like. <laughs> oh, well, we have coyotes like in our backyard. So it, yeah, it looks like a coyote to me. But I also want to like pet the hell out of that. You know what I mean? I want to squish him right between his little eyes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the puppies were the cutest things in the world. Do you, dear listener, think that the Ozark Haller is a distinct creature other than the red wolf? Do you think it is the red wolf? Do you think sheep squatch is real? Yeah. Do you know red wolves? You have experience with either of these. Have you heard one? Where do you fall on the thick cat, thin bear spectrum? <laughs> we want to know that. Tell us. As always, you can find all of our socials on the outro. We're trying to get better about mentioning the fact that we have a patreon because we'll often go like 15 episodes without mentioning it but if you are enjoying the show we appreciate you listening yes yes if you don't have the means to back us financially you can also just share your favorite episode with someone if you haven't already rate and review us you can do that on apple podcasts you can do that on facebook if you do we'd love to send you a sticker just email us your address and we'd be happy to send you one if you want to support the show, our Patreon is available. We have merch. If you go to truecreeps.com, you can check out our merch. Yeah. And with that, have a good weekend. Thanks for creeping with us. Also, secretly, I want to close out this episode with today is Lindsay's birthday. So if you have social media, make sure to wish her a happy birthday. Thanks for listening. For more information on our sources, please visit our website, truecreeps.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at True Creeps Pod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash truecreepspod, and on Twitter at True Creeps. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps. <laughs> I've found a home for you, my future bride. I don't have stairs. I don't have stairs. Because you're poor. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's what your son thinks. <laughs> People think I'm just being an asshole. <laughs>
Yeah. If you uh, have a, if you have an, uh, he called an upstairs downstairs house. Is that what he says? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, honestly, mine is an, uh, a, a downstairs downstairs house because it's a rancher with a basement. So it's not an upstairs downstairs. It's downstairs downstairs. Oh, second downstairs gets intense. <laughs> yeah. 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 Deep. <laughs> A coal miner, a coal miner, a coal miner. He has since balded, balded, has balded. <laughs> he balded, has gone bald. If that sounds right. <laughs> has gone bald, balded, <laughs> has gone bald. Uh, uh, okay, well, we're in the middle of like, recording our episode, but episode, but crocodile shaped lunchbox. <laughs> Nothing good here. All right, Ben, make it. Ben. Make a crocodile-shaped lunchbox. Now, I did see where somebody had taken a sandwich and cut it in the shape of a crocodile, and then they put, like, pickle pieces on top for the scales. Gross. But there's no... Gross. (laughs) Gross. Fucking rude. (laughs) Your lunch is gross. Your lovingly made lunch for your child is gross. It is. (laughs) Mine wouldn't even take that. He'd throw it away. What am I... Why do you look horrified? What is that face? What did you see? <laughs> I'll show you what I see. Was it pickles? Because I feel the same way. It was this. <laughs> I want that matte one. <laughs> what is this? Oh, oh, do you see what I'm pointing to? What is this? No, I did not see that, but I want that too. <laughs> you want a monkey in a, no, a baboon? A baboon in a crocodile's mouth. Look at his little feet. That's so sad. It's terrifying. Why is it so long? I don't know. What's that? His tail. What is... He's sideways. That's the beginning of his tail. But how? Uh, oh, there's no reason that that exists. I don't know. How is his body that shape? <laughs> Why did he do this? Oh, that's so sad. She's on africahunting.com. I, I didn't go here. It was under the lunch. You you went to there. Yeah. <laughs> it was under the lunch. I mean, I guess that's a lunch. That's just... Oh, there's a little baboon butt. Don't like that. <laughs> what is happening? Why? Oh, okay. This makes more sense now, kind of. I love that there's people who are like commenting on this. That are like into it. <gasps> no, Amanda! What? I didn't realize what this is. It's taxidermy! Yes, that's why I was like, why are you looking at this? It's africahunting.com. What do you think it is? I didn't understand it. I didn't understand. I'm s- <laughs> I didn't know it was a picture. I thought it was like... Like an oil painting? Like <laughs> This is what's happening in nature. No, I thought it was like someone took a picture of things. I don't know why I thought this. It says a black background. It's clearly not nature. I'm stressed. Okay, but alligator shaped lunch. Look at that one. <laughs> yes. This top left one. Like I'm pointing at or this. Any of these are good. I hope Ben doesn't listen to this one because he's absolutely getting an alligator lunchbox. Oh, I hope he does. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to constantly send him the link to this one. <gasps> oh that is a thing oh fuck pottery barn kids over under on how much that is i it's gonna be no less than seventeen thousand dollars <laughs> exactly 
See, why don't they have that but with an alligator? I'd buy the hell out of that to eat lunch by myself. <gasps> I'm sure they do somewhere. Oh, look at that one. Look to the left. To the left. No, over. Over more? Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> this one? But that's a dinosaur. That's... But I mean, I'm thinking with a alligator head. You know, like that same concept. Yeah. That, that goddamn dinosaur. Yeah. No, I want a whole alligator. That's the problem. Oh, what would our episode be without a weird tangent and a Google search? <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> and it's a shopping trip. Hold on. But I found this alligator. <laughs> Shut up. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Pottery Barn Kids. Yeah, it's it's how much. Oh, it's no longer available. I want to know. I want to know what it was. <gasps> but the elephant version of it is $120. So for a little fucking basket. This is only $68. Uncle Al's Lunch Pal. Fast food with style. This is... Oh my god, what a treasure trove of alligator items. Crocodile items. Not the same, ask Ben. <laughs> he absolutely will tell you. He did tell the strangers in Cancun. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. He like scolded some man in our like bus to the to the resort. Oh, that what a time. What a time. Okay, first off, I just need you to see this bag. Look at his stupid pervy face. Um, okay, okay. I don't love this, but it's better than what we found so far. Yeah. I'd say that with an alligator. <laughs> you open his mouth and you put your lunch in it. Or Legos, apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Ridiculous. There's this one, but this hardly feels like a lunchbox that you could travel with. No, that's a paper favorite box. No, it's like uh, felt. It's cute, but it's it's not for the season at hand. Anyway, we were talking about lunch pails. Why were we talking? Yes, he was trying to hint Sheep Squatch hit it with a lunchbox. He was trying to hint it? He was trying to... <laughs> okay. Um. Also, uh, just the quickest thing. Look at, look at my screen real quick. <laughs> I love that so much. It's so stupid. <laughs> I need it. Look at this stupid fucking bag. $2,000. How much, eBay? <laughs> no. No. Please continue. I'm so sorry. I saw it and I was like, well, I can't ignore this. <laughs> the hoo-hoo. Sheep Squatch. Sheep Squatch. <laughs> has black shaggy hair, glowing red eyes. Wait, wait. Has a black shaggy hair? Like, just one? No, it has black... Did I say A? Yes. Oh, well, that one. <laughs> the thick cat thin bear spectrum. Okay, bye.